I was actually going to speak on the Great Commission uh, this morning, but I was kindly reminded this week that Kevin spoke on that last week. So I won't be doing that. Because <laughs> you're all doing it, yeah? You're all doing it, yeah? Yeah, all right, okay, we're getting there. <laughs> With this in mind, I kind of went back to the drawing board. It's, it's, it's the, the, the key thing to do, really. And... Um, Quite quickly, I think God rem- reminded me of something that, that had happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it struck me. It was at the Eastern Baptist Association Ministers Conference. Yes, God can work there as well. Uh, actually, it was really, really good. And actually, something that was confirmed was when Paul Croswell spoke here last Sunday evening at the youth service. And it was kind of like, ah, yes, you are saying something, God. Um, so I was really, I, I just at, the po- at that point wasn't listening to God properly. I said, um, in my own head. And when we were at the the conference, there was a guy speaking called Anthony Delaney, who is the uh, lead minister at Ivy Church Manchester. And all you've got to do is Google it and see how big it is and how amazing they're doing stuff in the community there. Um, He was speaking to us on church leadership, how to move from a church that is always focused on keeping to going out to reaping. Instead of just keeping what we've got here, actually going out and getting more and more people to come into the kingdom, not necessarily come into what we think is church. And that's something that I think that uh, as a commission skip uh, is something for us to look at. And it's great commission stuff, really. It's great commission stuff. Some of the golden nuggets that, that Anthony fired out, and I've got bullet points here. Church isn't about ringing a bell to get more people into church. It's about people becoming disciples to make disciples. I like that. God has a big dream. Do we? As church, do we have a big dream individually? Do we still believe God can do immeasurably more through us? Love this one. Love your pioneers in church. Don't control them. Let them loose to find where the kingdom is growing in your community. I love the fact that we're doing prayer on the streets. That's pioneering stuff. That's not in here praying for people. That's getting out on the streets. And I'm quite pleased that we've been asked to do this civic service this afternoon. Because there's some stuff going on in our community that you wouldn't have a clue how brilliant people have been this week. And guess what? They're not Christians. Shock, horror. There's some amazing things going on in our community. We've got to be aware of them as Christians. Get on board with it. Not start stuff new. Get on board with them. What are they doing? How can we support and help them? Don't be risk-averse. Be faith-filled. Be intentional with the gospel wherever you are. And the will of God is like an unrolling scroll before you. There's loads of, uh, loads of great stuff. And um, one of the things that he kind of ended with is, your church has tripled in number in three years. What did you stop? What did you start? Really great things for, for me and, 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 and for the rest of the, the Baptist ministers that are around there just to really kind of chew over and really think things through. But the one thing that stuck with me, and like I said, Paul confirmed it, was this, this, this will of God being like an unrolling scroll before us. Uh, he took questions. This guy, Ivy was his, uh, Manchester got to the size that it is today. His reply was, he's got no three to five year plan. 
None at all. Uh, or his leadership. Um, but they took the, the small step of what God was doing right in front of them. Okay? What God was doing right in front of them. Just as a scroll unrolls. So with the Torah, when you open the scroll like this, you only get to see that section. You know there's loads of other stuff in there, but you don't unroll it like that. It's just a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Same with the Bible. When we read it, it's a page at a time. There's a lot of stuff in there. God tends to only reveal stuff in our lives a little bit at a time. Just enough for us to deal with. I think if he revealed everything in one hit, we'd be so scared of doing the work that God's got planned for us that we just hide under a stone somewhere and say, forget it, I don't want to do that. Now, Paul shared on Sunday evening, you can listen to it hopefully online uh, soon, and it confirms something. And I'm going to read the passage that he brought. I'm, I'm giving Paul the kudos here, not me. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse 9. So if you've got your Bible and you can turn to it, that would be fantastic. Paul was looking at how we need to follow God's divine plan for us and how that's in actual small steps, in tiny small steps. I grabbed one of the commentaries, and I'm going to read it in a minute, but let's have a look at uh, Proverbs 16, verse 9. It says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And Paul was really good at pulling out some of the stuff of what he felt God was saying there. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go to one of the commentaries and have a little look. This is one of Ian's. It's huge. I don't think it's been used a lot. <laughs> some very fresh pages in here. <laughs> don't tell him I said that. Oops, too late. Right, I'm going to read this. It says, The Lord's sovereignty de- determines the outworking of our plans. The Bible in Jan teaches that only those plans that are approved by him will succeed. The verse is antithetical, which means it's totally against. It's totally against. They're they're in opposites. Uh, It's totally against the human heart. It plans his course. But the Lord fulfills or determines his steps. The point in the contrast between what we actually plan and what actually happens, God determines that. As Paul's letter says, God is able to do immeasurably more (laughs) than we ask or think. And I'm sitting in that office and I'm like going, oh my goodness me. Of all of the little passages, all the little commentaries that I could read, once again, one of the scriptures that's been given to us as a church is I can do immeasurably more. And it hit me that actually God really is in this. He is totally in what we are wanting to do. You see, we've got plans Every single one of us has got plans, haven't we? Plans of what we want to do in life. Paul mentioned that we have options. Exams, deciding GCSEs, A-levels, things like what job choices, relationship choices. Are we putting God first in all of those plans? Are we asking him first? Are we seeing what he wants to do in all of those or are these the desires of our hearts? Um, I'll give you a little bit of a personal example. Before I came here, 15 odd years ago, um, I was, my business was really taking off. I was landscape gardening and I was about to go into treehouse construction. 
lots of money in treehouse construction around Gerald's Cross, Chalfont, St. Peter, and all around there because they've got lots of money. Um, and it was fantastic. And it was getting to the point where I said to Kate, I need your help. Dad, I need you to come out of retirement so you can, can help. Okay? Oh, this, is, this is good stuff that's happening. Um, we'd agreed as a family to move together into a house with us, I Wickham. Uh, and that includes my parents. They're here now with us in Billericay. So come on to that in a minute. So we started to look at houses. We looked at these huge houses that we could buy, that we as a young family could move into, that my parents could move in and have a separate annex, probably in a garage somewhere, so we can just keep them quiet. You know what I mean? We can have the big house. Um, and, and in our church, King's Church High Wycombe, they were thinking of church planting in West Wycombe, which was uh, very multicultural, multiracial, had a mosque there as well. And actually, as a, as a church, we're thinking, actually, we need to plant in this place. God, God is going to work in this place. And actually, they have planted, which is fantastic. And Katie and I went away to a leadership day away because we I was helping out in the youth work there. We were sensing that maybe God was asking us something. We took communion as a couple, so it's really poignant that we're taking communion this morning. We took it as a couple, as a young married couple. Joshua was only about four. Uh, he's now, what, 19 next month? Flipping out, scary. No, this month. Yeah, in trouble. Anyway, we went away to this leadership date and we had communion together as a couple. Beware when you pray and you take communion as a couple. <laughs> There's something in it that's very powerful. And God led us to Isaiah 6, verse 8. And it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And both of us said, Here I am, Lord, send me. How many of us have kind of read that scripture and gone, Yeah, here I am, Lord, send me. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Not really realising the consequences of what you might happen after that, okay? It's quite, quite amazing, really, when we think about what God has done since that, um, and I'm just trying to find a page that I might have mixed up here. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to tell you the story of what happened. So we were, um, yeah, it's gone. Never mind. So we were in this situation where God has has done something in our lives, and said to her at the time, who had a lady who was doing hairdressing, said to her, "You're going to have a massive upheaval in your marriage," and. Katie kept it quiet. She didn't say anything to me. Good wife she is. And I, I um, at the time, was doing youth work at the church, and there was a young lady there called Sam who was also a youth worker. And she um, was brilliant, and we worked together, and we went on a trip to Halls Green to go and check out a, a thing we could do for youth camp, and Kate came with us and stuff like that. And... Um, on the way home, Kate was really quiet, and I was just chatting with Sam, all that kind of stuff. And I got home, and, and guys, you know what it's like when you've done something wrong. Nothing's said. It's just quiet, silence. And you have that feeling, that dread of, what have I done? What have I done? And Kate said to me, I felt like a gooseberry. I went, what? She said, I felt like a gooseberry today, like I wasn't married to you. Like all you were concerned about was this young lady, Sam. 
And I was hit hard. Bang. Because what had probably happened that day is I'd been my usual young laddish self and been quite flirty in front of my own wife. And I had to really think, oh my goodness me, what have I done here? Something's in trouble, and it's me. And it was really, really hard. And we went through a really, really hard time. Unknown to me, my wife had been praying about this. Katie had been praying about this. And um, she told me about it after. Um, but, but basically what happened is I became quite distant. There was a chance for a job to be uh, at the church as a youth worker. Sam got it over me. How dare she? She's 21. I'm 26, 27. Flipping heck, I should get that job, whatever it is. 28, actually, 29. I've got the experience. She hasn't. So angry with God. And um, then we decided to come here for a weekend to Billericay because there was a certain bloke, our father, my father-in-law, who was ministering here and was just about to retire. So we came over and um, we met a young man in the foyer just out there. It was called Carl. And uh, we chatted a few times before. And he said, hey... Um, How's things going? I said, brilliant. Yeah, business is going really well. But actually, um, what I'd really love to do, my heart and my passion, is to do youth work full time. And Carl just said, well, we're looking for a youth worker. Do you want a job? <laughs> That's actually what he said. Right? He said he felt the Holy Spirit prompt him and say, go and talk to that guy over there. Now, I was a little bit, what is this all about? This is a little bit crazy. And this is where... Um, it kind of gets a little bit crazy. So I go home and talk to Bob about it. He says he can see it. But I'm thinking, I'm just about to embark on this big expansion of landscaping into treehouse building, and I really want to do this job. <laughs> and I know it's not going to pay well, but I really want to do this job. And I know it's going to be a headache, but I really want to do this job. Oops, this is interesting. Carl sent me a bullet point of the job description. I've still got it. It's expanded a little bit now. It's expanded just a little bit now. But he sent this to me. And uh, I was kind of like, okay, I could see how this works. And we chatted and stuff like that. And, and as you know, I came here and this afternoon the elders uh, spoke with the rest of the church council at the time. Uh, we did a little afternoon thingy, and then you all voted uh, by quite a majority, which is really nice. It wasn't for full 100%. I have kept that. <sighs> Just joking. But it was a real blessing, and it was a kind of, oh, my goodness me. They actually want me to go and do this. Within six months of walking through that door and seeing Carl, and then coming full force to being here in the June of that year. So in, you know, it was six months. Toby had been born. He was only three months old. So we were kind of like young family coming over and stuff like that. We'd sold our house, and not just our house, but my parents' house as well, in six months. <coughs> Both of us then bought Bob and Debbie's house. Now we're still living together there. She's 15 years of fun. 
Anyway, leave that one there. But do you know what was scary was when actually Kate said to me, Gary, I prayed the prayer of a very angry wife. And I went, what was your prayer? She goes, take him out of the church or take Sam out of the church. Take him out of the church or take Sam out of the church. I can't have this and I will not have it. So guys, beware of a praying wife. But God's plans for, were totally different to mine. I, I was going to go... Well, there were was, was some, some little bits in it, like moving together in a big house and, and actually going into that church leadership kind of thing. So that was, that was already there. That was kind of layered. But actually, I wasn't looking in the right place. I wasn't following that unrolling scroll in front of me. And within six months, we were here. And God can do things so easy... Sometimes we make it really hard. I could have rebelled. I could have said, no, no, that's not right. There's no way that we can sell two houses and move over here. Nah, nah. This. But when you start to see God doing stuff, you're like, wow, I want to keep this scroll unrolling in front of me. I want to see what's happening. And sometimes, you know, your plans that you've got, you've all got plans... And I hope and pray that they're God's plans. But actually, most of the time, they're probably not. <laughs> and I think it's how do we, how do we live as, as, as nice British people in this country with our plans and everything else and just think, actually, I need to hear what God is saying in this. I really need to hear what God is saying in this. Now, don't get me wrong. God says that he wants to give you the desires of your heart. Okay? He genuinely does. My heart's passion was I'd love to be a youth worker full-time, but I ain't got a clue how that's going to happen. So I'm going to go off and build some tree houses. I'd already started building some. They were really cool. I liked them. I made a ship in trees. It was fantastic. John, you'd have loved it. <laughs> but it was, it was just like, that was my plans. And then God just says, that's really good. And I could have, I could have really pushed. I could have said no. I could have said, no, I don't think this is right. I'm not going to do it. And I wouldn't be here now after 15 years of doing what we're doing, which we feel we're really blessed by being here. Psalm 37, verse 3 to 5 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him. I've heard it said a lot of times. When people say, oh, yeah, but God wants to give us uh, the desires of our heart. And I'm like, yeah, he does. But there's some caveats to that. Trust him. Be faithful to him. Delight in him. Commit your ways to the Lord. It's not just like, well, come on, God, I want this. Give it to me. These are my needs, my needs. God's saying, I know, I, know, I know what you need. And it's, I want you to do this, though, because we're going to fly when this happens. And it's totally left field for you. It's totally left field. But it's going to be great. Are you ready for the ride? Now, I felt that 15 years ago. I was so excited, buzzing to be here. And it was totally, I didn't even think about making the money of the tree houses and all that kind of stuff, that, was, that, that falls by the wayside when you know you're in God's plans. You may have some plans in your life, young or old. 
Let's say you don't retire, you get retired. New boots on, new tyres. How many times have we seen the older generation in Scripture being used powerfully by God? Just because of age doesn't mean that God has not still got some fantastic plans for you. Are you willing to step into and unroll that scroll in front? I'll just actually ask a question. I threw this kind of like on the page. Do you find a bit of a block at the moment? A block to prayer, maybe. To reading scripture. To fellowship, to worship. I'd say get some prayer. <laughs> okay? Be praying. Make some space after the service to, to be praying for people. You see, God's got great plans for you. But the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. That includes the plans for your life. He will want to upset them. That's why you've got to be so faithful to God, trusting in him, that his plans are the best plans. Because he says, I know the plans I have for you in Jeremiah 29. Plans for you to prosper, not to harm you. God's got some good plans. Our plans damage ourselves. God's got some good plans for us. Are we doing his will or ways? Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are different from yours. And sometimes we might think, actually, yeah, this is in God's plan, but it's not. Because it's still our own desire. In Luke 10, we read the story of Martha and Mary. Mary sits at Jesus' feet. Martha scurries around, getting things done. Constantly just busy, busy, busy. We all need to sit at the feet of Jesus. We all need to be Mary's, be in his presence. From there, we can go out and be Martha's. There we can go out and do the Lord's work. But we come back and we sit at Jesus' feet. And that's where we're kind of going to lead into communion. Let's, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to go. Uh, I think we're going to have a song first, and then we're going to have some communion. So let's pray. Father, you've got some amazing plans for us, amazing plans as a church, amazing plans as individuals. Lord, I pray for every single person here that you would reveal just a little bit at a time. That we would be able to follow these tiny little steps of the plans that you have for us. I thank you, Father. You do love us so much that you want us to have these plans. You want us to have these things that we're doing in your name. I pray, Father, that we would be ready to hear and ready to follow in Jesus' name.